welcome, welcome, welcome. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Bell Ringer podcast, hosted by Sixers Wire of USA Today Sports Media Group. I am your host, the editor of the uh, Sixers Wire site, Kai Carlin. I got my guy with me, Cameron Fields. Cam, what's going on, bro? Hey, what's up, Kai? So, yeah, I don't know why you're on Twitter talking about I need to do my research for these next-gen systems. I've been telling you, get on Team PlayStation for the next-gen. Listen, it's like a surgery, man. I got to get a second opinion. I have to get, I have to get, I might go to Instagram later today too and kind of put up a poll to get PS5 or Xbox One X. So See, I might now that, that, that the poll is fine, but now you're like, I got to do more research. How That's what I'm saying. I got to get more opinions. <laughs> what research? Well, I mean, like, I don't know, like, like, you know, for example, PS5 has Spider-Man, but like Xbox One X, for example, doesn't have Spider-Man. I don't know. You have to weigh these things, Cam. It's not just a split decision. You got to figure it out. All right, man. Yeah, come on, Cam. Not just, you see, l- listen, you may roll your eyes, but there's a method to my madness, Cam. There, there, there is a method in there somewhere. Okay. You, you can leave my gaming system research alone. I'm going to conduct it to the best of my abilities. Anywho. We're going to dive right into it, guys. Brett Brown spoke uh, with the media on Friday via Zoom call. There was 50 people on this Zoom call. Um, it, 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 was, it was madness. But to be fair, I have to give the Sixers PR staff a ton of credit. They did a hell of a job uh, moderating everything. Everybody was on mute. Um, you were kind of, there was an option to raise your hand to, raise a, to ask a question. PR kind of like went through the list. It went really well, went off without a hitch. So huge credit to Sixers PR uh, for the way they ran that thing. But Brett did say some interesting things, so Cam. Um, obviously, these guys haven't played okay. basketball. They haven't played basketball since March 11th. And since then, I mean, they've kind of been in limbo. They don't know what's happening next. But Brett does not want that to be an excuse for when basketball does return. In order to, you know, not not use any of this as an excuse like that is the messaging and the conversations that i have with my staff and our players that that when it's go time we we gotta go we we are hunting to still contend for a championship That, that that hasn't changed he's basically saying we can't use this as an excuse we need to go out there we need to play when it's go time hey man we need to go yeah i mean that that's definitely just good leadership from him because it's like hey if we especially go right into the playoffs, no regular season games played at all, then it's like, okay, we're probably going to be playing the Celtics most likely. Celtics are one of the top teams in the East. They're not going to come out all – like Brad Stevens isn't going to have them coming out all sluggish and things like that. He'll have them ready to go as well. So the Sixers just judging on their regular season and how underwhelming it was, they're really going to need to make a splash in the playoffs because. If they're not ready, then they could see a pretty, you know, quick first round exit. Right. And obviously the pandemic kind of brings up a lot of issues just because like, you know, you're not really allowed to go to a gym. You're not allowed to uh, really work out in a traditional sense of the word, but you are allowed, you are able to work out in other ways. And that's kind of what Brett is like trying to say. He's trying to make sure that these guys are in, you know, their peak physical condition. There should be no excuse. Like, you should be at home working out, doing something. And he did kind of add that, you know, like Ben has a house, for an example. Ben's got a house in a backyard, so he has a yard to kind of go out and get some type of workout in. Uh, Matisse Thibel, for example, is, has an apartment, and he turned it into a TikTok studio 
uh, <laughs> you, you know, in, in, in downtown Philly. So a lot like Matisse may not have the, like the same type of um, workout advantage, like say Ben does. So, you know, he and the coaching staff has had to kind of mix some things up. Like, okay, Matisse, you're going to do some, uh, some push-ups and, and some weightlifting in your apartment. You can't really do any like running around or anything, but you know, you could do some different things. Ben, you could do some cardio, Ben, you can do some other things. And we'll get into Ben a little bit later uh, in the podcast. Too. But the point is, Cam, I mean, sure, the pandemic is kind of messing up, is really messing right. up all of our lives. It's just it's really screwed everything up. But it, it doesn't give you an excuse not to make sure that you are ready to go when it's go time. Because the, the goal is the same. The goal is right. to win a championship. Right. I mean, and also, you know, he talked about their home record versus their road record. Um, you know, most likely it's looking like it's going to be at a neutral site, you know, go right to the playoffs somewhere like Las Vegas, uh, somewhere like Orlando, uh, Disney World area. So you have it at a neutral site where there's no fans and it's just you and the other team. Then there's, you know, there, like you said, there's really no excuse because you should be ready to go. You should be like, hey, this is it. We got to have our A game today. Uh, every game of the series, however, how, how much long it lasts, you know, like, especially against, like, like I said, against the Celtics, one of the top teams, some of the best wing depth in the league with Jason Tatum, the star. So, I mean, Philly, Philly's going to have to bring their, their defense as well. I mean, you know, their defense is one of the best in the league. And so we always talk about how that could keep them in that series uh, if it was against Boston. So they, they would have to bring some of their best defense of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, yeah, especially against a team like Boston. And, you, you know, it's definitely something that you could definitely look at in terms of health concerns. Brett did have this to say about, you know, the players and social distancing and things like that. This, this was his quote. And so now how do you, you know, parlay that into, okay, you know, Ben, you got Tatum. He can't catch and shoot it. You got to get in his face and you got to make him dribble. Like there's a there's a little bit of a there's a disconnect there, and so I think for all of us, you know, I'm 59 years old. Um, Ben's 23 years old. You know, there are people. Kyle Quinn's got you know children at home. There, there's some things that ultimately, you know, we're mm-hmm. gonna figure out. So basically, like what he's saying is, I mean, Cam, you you can't let Jason Tatum catch and shoot. You know, you've got to be able to get right. up in his face. You have to force him to put the ball on the floor. You have to force him to to dribble. And that's kind of where I guess where a lot of people health concerns really do come in just because, you know, you're, you're breathing on a guy and you're getting so close to him and everything else. Right. But close, close contact. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, like that's where kind of everybody's, you know, like health concern really comes in when, like when basketball does return because, and we've talked about it here a lot before. It's not like baseball where, you know, you kind of hit a ball, you run the first base and the guy, there's no like really, there's very minimal contact you know, in, right. in between, in between yeah. the players there. Basketball is a little different. So I, I, I guess like the best way to combat that would just to kind of make sure you're testing these guys, you know, regularly and checking their temperatures yeah. and everything else. And if they're good to go, then they're good to go. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just such a tough situation without, you know, an easy solution. Cause like you mentioned, basketball is um, a lot more contact compared compared to baseball, something compared to like tennis, uh, golf. So, you know, there's a lot more contact in basketball. And it's like, hey, um, one guy gets sick. And then what if like, you know, two guys get sick and then like five. 
And, you know, what if like a whole, you know, bench rotation, like bench rotation gets sick and then you're down to maybe six guys you can run or something like that. So it's like, hey, is this really worth it? Is this really something that we should be doing? Because, yeah, okay, one guy gets sick and it's like, all right, you go quarantine, something, you know, things like that. You know, you just go by yourself and then we'll continue the rest of the games. But if you have a few guys get sick and multiple players, then I think that's where you really can start to run into issues. Yeah, and I feel like, like that's the risk. I, I'm just really trying to put out there the fact that, you know, financially they have to play. You know what I'm saying? If, 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 you, if you really get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Finance is, is going to play a big part in this because obviously health and safety is number one. But, I mean, finances and money is, like, right up there, like, like with it. And – you know, we also have that report by Chris Haynes when even the players on the teams that are completely out of it are like, yeah, we'll play because they have to, you yeah. know, like, like, like money is eventually going to play a big part in all of this. But my question for you, Cam, is like, is a financial reward worth the risk? I mean, I feel like, you know, with the just reading some of the stories, how, you know, the players could really take a hit in salary um, and just listening to Larry Nance too on a recent Zoom call, Larry Nance Jr. And he was like, hey. You know, you have the you have salary reductions. It's like that's a hit, you know, for a lot of the guys in the league. So it's like, hey, I understand where they're coming from. Um, and it's like, too, and I I've been like, you know, reading, staying up to date, just overall with the situ, like the COVID nineteen situation. It's like, hey, we might be just living with this for a while, where we might not have a vaccine. It might just be here. We might not ever have a vaccine. Um, hopefully, we do, but we might just be living with this. And, you know, I think that we should be social distancing as much as possible for as long as possible, but obviously you cannot do that forever. So, you know, it's just a situation where it's like, hey, how much longer can we, you know, feasibly do this on a, on a large scale? Um, right, yeah. right. So, so I mean, like, like that's kind of, that's kind of like the big thing. And then another health concern that like everybody really has is older people, you know, and, and, and Brett Brown, he's, he's 59 and, and, you know, like the number everybody throws out there are people over 65 and older or uh, more at risk for, for the, you know, the virus. Right. Um, but, but I mean, 59 is still like kind of close to that number, but Brett basically was like, I feel healthy. I've been a marathon walker. He did add that uh, he's been running around with his dog. Okay. And, uh, his 16-year-old dog, you know, he messed up his hamstring, though. So he said the dog is on IR for now. So he, he, he's, he's not, he's not going to be going on any more walks or runs with Brett Brown oh, for, man. For, for a couple of weeks. He's going to be chilling out at home. I mean, Brett did have this to say. Crazy details that are going into in the event the practice facility opens in the maniacal scrutiny of what you can do and can't do one player one coach with a face mask you know balls testing all that stuff is still being worked out but for me you know when it's go time i feel like i'm studied enough i'm healthy enough that that i will dive into this with my players in a significant way basically brett is saying there that like Sure, the risks are there, but he's going to jump in with his team because the the whole goal of this Sixers season it was to win a championship. Everything from what they did in the offseason, uh, from all the talk they were doing on media day and in the preseason and everything else, 
that was thinking, you know, bring in the Larry O'Brien trophy, you know, back yeah. to Philadelphia. So, so that has always been like on this team's mind, no matter what has been going on. I kind of admire Brett for really stepping up and, and be like, Hey, this is my team. I'm the leader. Let's get it done. Yeah. I mean, Brett, you know, having that kind of route, you know, like, Hey, rally the troops mentality. It's like, you know, we gotta, we gotta be ready to go no, ma- no matter what. And Brett having that, you know, leadership where it's like, Hey, I'm good. Let's go. That kind of sends a message to the rest of the team. Like, All right. We like, we got this, like, we're going to be, we're going to be good. We're going to be cool. And they're always talking about how like, Oh, you know, our roster is built for the playoffs. And, you know, there's something to be said for that because in a way, Hey, it is. You have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid with playoff experience, Josh Richardson with playoff experience, um, Al Horford with, uh, you know, a lot of playoff experience. You know, Al Horford hasn't really been the best fit overall, but having that <laughs> veteran presence on the team, especially in a situation where there's not going to be any fans, then, you know, that's a, that's a voice that can really be beneficial in, you know, like tough circumstances. Uh, Al Horford, you know, like I said, hasn't been the best fit, but, you know, that veteran presence could really be beneficial for them. Yeah, and he's been great as a leader too. Like like he's received yeah. rave, rave reviews from, from not just, you know, the younger guys like like Zaire and uh, Mariel and Shake and, and Furkan, but from guys like Ben and Joel too. Like Ben and Joe, you know, they will go into – they will go at lengths to really praise Al Horford for uh, like the way things were done there. So he's yeah. been great. He's been great as a leader, even though obviously the fit on the floor just, ha- just has not worked. Uh, or at least it hasn't worked offensively. It's been great defensively, but offensively it's been a trade wreck. I mean, that, that's, kind of, that's kind of my two biggest takeaways uh, from Brett's Zoom call. But there was another takeaway that I thought was like really interesting. Um, obviously, Cam, this upcoming Sunday will be the last two episodes of The Last Dance. Mm. And, yeah. you know, yeah, no, it's so sad. It's the quickest two hours every week. But the point is, episodes 9 and 10 coming up. We've all been watching it. If, if you're a basketball fan, you know, you've definitely been diving into uh, the, this whole The Last Dance documentary. And Brett brought up a very, very interesting point uh, here with his comment. I, I like our guys seeing all of this stuff. Um, you, you're reminded that people like MJ and, and, and LeBron and Durant, like they didn't win championships until they were 28. And, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong by maybe a year with all three of those people. And so it, it does take time. And he's right. Jordan was 27 when he won his title. He was, it was his seventh year in the league. LeBron, um, well, he didn't win that first title until he went to Miami and he was nine years into his career. He was what, 27, 28? It's a long time. Late, yeah, late. So, I mean, yeah, it, take, it takes a while. Yeah. Kev, and then Kevin Durant didn't win until he went to Golden State. So, it's, so it, it's like, takes a lot of time to really, A, go through all the fires of the playoffs. You know, you have to take your lumps in the playoffs. It's just like, like the, that's kind of how it is. I'll be um, that generation before you. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to take your lumps. I mean, LeBron took his lumps. Uh, in the early parts of Cleveland, they ran into Detroit a couple times. He finally overcame right. Detroit, and then, and then after that, it was Boston, and then yep. uh, it was still Boston with Miami for a little bit too. It was. I mean, they were able to get past Boston, right. but they but they gave them like their best shot. Durant 
with with OKC. I remember they kept running into San Antonio. I think they finally got past. They got past them like one time or or, or two times or something. They just they kept running into San Antonio. Jordan kept yeah. running it. Jordan kept running into the bad boy Pistons. So the the point is, you you have to take your lumps in the playoffs and then continue to grow and use that to get yourself better for the next season. And that's something a lot of people really don't understand. Joel is twenty five. Ben is twenty three. These guys are still like they're, they're like they're still babies at at this point. Like you have to give them time. Yeah, I mean, and then two, the, this roster. I I never thought. I mean, me to be honest, I never thought Philly was going to win the championship this year. Um, I I just didn't. I didn't see them as a, I you know definitely a contender, obviously playoff team. But I was like, they're not going to win the championship. I didn't think that they had. Like, because that experience pl- plays such a huge part. Like, as you're mentioning, uh, when you're going up against, like, the LeBrons, the, the Kawhis, the, the Stephs of the world. I mean, obviously, Steph wasn't um, available for much of the season because of injury. But when you're going up against, like, these top-tier players who have a whole lot of experience, it's just most of the time you're just not going to win. And, you know, like, like you said, that experience plays a part. Like, having that having those, you know, playoff battles plays a part. They haven't been past the second round of the playoffs, but that that's typical for someone their age, you know, someone in their stage of the career. So it just takes time. A lot of people really don't understand, and, and it's just it's tough for them because they play in Philadelphia, who, where it's like these fans are so impatient and they're so passionate about their team, and, and they feel like that they should be, like, more along this path than what they are right now. And people really need to kind of sit back, realize, hey, Joel, 25, Ben, 23. They both accomplished so much. Joel's a three-time All-Star. Ben is a two-time All-Star. And, and, and yet everybody want, kind of wants to focus on the fact that they lost to Boston in 2018 and they lost to Toronto in 2019. And a lot of people seem to forget that two years ago, Ben was 21, Joel was 23, and then they were 22 and 24, respectively, last year against Toronto. This does not happen overnight. You don't just kind of right. snap, snap your fingers and boom, you win a championship. No, like there's a lot that goes into it. And I think really like the only quick championship we've ever seen is probably, and this one comes to mind, is Dwayne Wade down in Miami. Like he won a title his third year in the league. Right. And then two, we had the experience of Shaq. You know, Shaq was the number two, but Shaq still had, you know, a presence on that team. He was still – you know, really good for that team. Yeah, and, and on top of that, Wade went through the fires his rookie year uh, when they beat the Hornets in the first round, and then they they pushed Indiana to the limit in the second round. And then in his uh, second year in the league, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals and lost in seven games to the defending champion Pistons. So all of that, and then you combine that with the other moves the team made, all that playoff experience – I mean, it does. It yeah. makes a lot of sense why Wade won a title his third year in the league. Like, like there, there was kind of a buildup to that in Philly. The the Sixers were just getting out of the process, and right. you're trying, and, you're, and you're building around Joel and Ben. You have your your uh, your franchise base and your franchise cornerstones, but it comes to a point where they still need to build. They still need to grow. They still need to kind of shake all the habits of the process off and continue to grow as players and be winners. And the players they had around them were all process players. Covington. Sharich, good players, very good players. I love Covington. I think he's a terrific defender. But they were still from the process era. 
And it takes a lot of time to kind of shake off those habits, yeah, yeah. Just, in my opinion, and just continue to develop and grow. And I feel like the, I feel like Brett Brown's done a great job. I feel like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons have done a great job. And now it's just really about really putting the right fits around those guys, and then they can continue to grow. Yeah, and then if you really look at it, the only, like, as you mentioned, like the early kind of championship, the one that wasn't, you know, more recent was KD, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden, that young big three in OKC, and they didn't win either. Because like LeBron had been through the fires, as you mentioned, you know, it was LeBron. It was basically LeBron's time. Like he was due. Yeah, he was. (laughs) And it was LeBron's time. Like that was, that was it right there. And KD, he had, as you mentioned, with San Antonio after the finals and against the Miami Heat, he had been through enough where it was like, okay, like I'm like, I'm the guy, like I'm ready. And, you know, remember in 2017 and 2018 where he hit those, like, just, just crazy good shots against Cleveland, those, like, two really good pull-up uh, three-pointers. Yeah. Uh, it was just – I mean, it was just like, like, man, like, this is KD. Like, this is KD at his peak. So, like you said, you have to go through those tough times first before you can get to um, the pinnacle. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's something a lot of people really don't understand. It, it just, you, you really don't just snap your fingers or click your heels and, and boom, you have a championship. And that's something that really just kind of bothers me about kind of basketball today. And I feel like Twitter definitely plays a part in this because like, like, like in social media, if you don't win a championship, you're a bum. And, and it's, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's like everybody comes, like everybody comes after you. Like if you lose in the playoffs, ah, you're trash. You're nothing. You're terrible. And it's like, man, like, like that, like, that's not it. That's, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. It takes time. You have to continue to grow and develop. And I don't know. Brett makes a good point with that. I mean, Jordan didn't win till his seventh year in the league. LeBron won in his ninth. Durant won. I think his seventh or eighth year, like like when he went to actually no, it was like his ninth or tenth year actually. Uh, Had to be like yeah, his tenth because it was twenty seventeen, and then he was a two thousand seven draft. This this is my thing, man. Like I feel like a lot of people really kind of need to watch what's happening with the Last Dance and kind of realize, like even with that with that Chicago team, they went through the fires, man. Like I said, they they kept running into they kept running into uh, first it was Boston, they couldn't get past you know Larry Bird and all of them. And then you ran into the bad boy Pistons and had to go up against you know, right. Isaiah Thomas and Bill Lambeer and, 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 right. and all those boys. Like It takes time to kind of take that and continue to grow. So that's the message, guys. Be patient with this Sixers group. Now, to trust end the, the process. Exactly. Trust the process. <laughs> like, like you guys have been trusting it this entire time. And now that you guys are good, I mean, come on, trust it. Now, there's one more thing. Like, as we end this podcast, Cam, I know, have, have you seen Bleacher Report kind of do these like NBA GM fantasy league trade uh, things? Yeah, I've been, yeah, I've seen a little bit of them. There was one that kind of caught, there was another one that caught my eye. Now, last time we talked about uh, Tobias going to Sacramento right. for Buddy Heald. Another one that another one that I saw was um, Al Horford going to Indiana. Indiana sending Miles Turner and Jeremy Lamb to Detroit, and then Detroit sending Blake Griffin uh, to Philadelphia. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, you mentioned in this one. Yeah, this one definitely is a high reward type situation. I'm not sure how much risk is involved, but I think that risk depends on the amount of money that you know you would you know eventually end up paying Blake Griffin. So Blake Griffin at this stage of his career, his prime has unfortunately kind of been ruined by injuries. And 
he was really balling out last season with the Pistons. Uh, so I, I think that that would be a good pickup for Philly. Like I said, a high reward. I think that the risk is definitely there, but I don't think it's too high of a risk where it's like, oh, we're not going to do it. I feel, I feel like at, at some point you have to make a change. And like we've all seen Al Horford and the, the Al Horford, Joel Embiid, you know, fit. It's just, it's not there. It's terrible. Yeah. It's not going to work. Defensively, they're great. Offensively, there's just, you can't do anything with that. And Blake Griffin has expanded his range after three at the you know the three-point line and he took seven threes a game with Detroit last year and he hit them at like 36.2 percent I think was the number that I saw he was balling last year man oh my god like honestly with Detroit last year that was up to in my opinion that was Griffin's best season of his career like like he was just other than yeah 24 the 2014 yeah other than that one yeah I mean Blake was absolutely on another level last year but he is injury prone. And, you know, he's only he only played uh, 18 games th- this year before, the, you know, the, the lockdown. Well, not lockdown, uh, suspension, I should say. So it, it's one of those things where, where do, do you take that risk and be like, okay, come over Blake. And Blake is a guy who can handle the rock. Like he can grab a rebound and lead a break. Right. You, you know, Joel can't do that. Right. Al, Al can't do that. And I feel like it would give this it would give the Sixers a lot more versatility. He's also a very good passer too. Like he can run a pick and roll with Joe or Ben or whoever. Yeah, you know. So I feel I feel like I feel like that would definitely be like a very interesting interesting decision. I mean, think about that. You go Ben, you got Josh, you have Tobias, Blake, and Joe. You're basically taking out Al for Blake. How far is that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think because Blake you know, that he allows Ben to, I think, flourish a little bit more because Blake, he can provide some spacing because his shot has improved significantly since the start of his career. And if you you really look at, I mean, I'm just thinking about this now, but if you really look at the trajectory of Blake's career and then you look at the future trajectory of Ben Simmons' career, it's like, hey, they could end up being similar kind of players. Uh, You know, Ben Simmons is, is taller, but, you know, and he, I think he's a little bit better of a facilitator but they definitely have some similarities to their game. Uh, so uh, Blake Griffin could provide that spacing with his improved jump shot. Ben Simmons could do more of the facilitating that he's so good at. And Joel Embiid, I don't think would have to take as many um, jump shots as he is now. So I think that team could go to the conference finals at the best. I still, still not sure if they could go to the finals just because Milwaukee is, is really good. I mean, you got to get past Milwaukee. They're, they're the top team in the East right now. We were talking about lumps. I mean, the Sixers right now, you know, they're taking their lumps from Boston, Toronto. And the next one will probably be Milwaukee at at this point. So, I mean, you got to take your lumps somewhere. I mean, the top of the East is tough. It is. Like, this is what I'm saying. A lot of of people are like, oh, the East is weak. And it's like, sure, that's – I mean, it could still be the case. But if you look at the top of the East and then even the middle of – look, even at the middle of the East, though, like Indiana's good. Miami's very good. Brooklyn uh, next yeah. year when they get uh, Durant and Kyrie back, they're going to be very good. So the Eastern Conference is going to be interesting next couple of years. It's strong, yeah. All right, I have a conspiracy theory for you before we, before we end it off. Uh-oh. And and this one comes from Nick Fryer, you know our our, our coworker oh, no. here, our coworker <laughs> here here at USA Today Sports Media Group. I have to give Nick credit for this one, but he texted me. I know you've seen the wildness as Spencer Dinwiddie going off on Twitter. Like, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so the, the conspiracy theory is that Kyrie 
is in Spencer's ear telling him that to leave and that the Nets can't tell him to do anything. He can sign wherever he wants. Okay. Then to no. get rid of Spencer and bring in a third star to join him and Kevin Durant. <laughs> no, no. That, that is just... That is absurd. a conspiracy no. theory that I'm ending this podcast with. I believe Kyrie Irving's pulling the strings, Cam. He's pulling the strings a little bit. He's I, telling... Nah. He's telling Spencer Dinwiddie, the, net, the Nets can't hold you down, man. If you want to go somewhere else, you can. But in the meantime, he's setting him up so that way he can bring in a third star to join him and Kevin Durant. Uh, I, I love conspiracy theories, but this is just out of the woodwork. <laughs> and this, this is just completely unfounded. <laughs> I'm going to tell Nick you said that, man. I'm, I'm all, he's he's going to be upset. <laughs> a good conspiracy theory has to have at least a little bit of doubt to it. This... This, uh, this is a great one. Nah. Yeah, I can see Kyrie doing that. This ain't it. All right, man. Whatever you say, man. So with that being said, for Cameron Fields, I'm Kai Carlin. We're out. We'll see you guys next time on The Bell Ringer.